Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and I'm joined here today by Coach James Teagle. How are you, James? Hey, uh, I'm good, thanks, Michael. Yep, uh, glad to be on the show, and uh, yeah, looking forward to having a good discussion. Yeah, uh, it's uh, going to be an interesting one. We're going to uh, discuss uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 and how to deal with that. Uh, but we've had a lot of questions about that uh, just in the last couple of days. Uh, have been getting quite a few emails uh, on how to deal with uh, changes in race schedules, postponements, cancellations, and what to do in terms of training, pools are closing. Uh, I'll just quickly thank our sponsors before we get into the discussion. And uh, as usual, we have Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Uh, perhaps you are now stuck on the indoor trainer for even longer than you planned. Uh, the spring weather might be uh, looking really nice, but uh, depending on where you live, maybe the indoor trainer is the only option because some countries are actually not even allowing you to go outside and ride your bike. So uh, keep hydrated, folks. Uh, Precision Hydration and their electrolyte products can help with that. So check them out on precisionhydration.com and use the discount code thattraflosher15 to get 15% off. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. And they are manufacturers of uh, all sorts of products in the endurance sports uh, categories uh, from wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, also now including prescription glasses. Uh, so uh, they've got a lot of different things to offer. Maybe if you're uh, stuck working from home, you have a little bit more time to to kill then some online shopping might be might be a good pastime to uh, to pass the time with uh, we got uh, a special discount code that you can get on the landing page roca.com forward slash tts that will give you 20 percent off your order so thank you roca and precision hydration and now let's get on with our discussion james so right um let, let's start with your experience from uh, this weekend you were uh, supposed to race and you were traveling and but that didn't come about can you tell us about that yeah it's it a pretty fun trip so uh yeah i was supposed to be racing in a world of a european cup in spain uh yesterday actually so yesterday being sunday um and yeah i got to the event and got to spain and was told it was cancelled um then things changed pretty quickly after that because uh you know they declared a state of emergency in spain and uh <laughs> i was pretty lucky i decided to get out i decided to drive to the airport and uh get an airport hotel and managed to get a flight uh on the Saturday, um, was lucky enough to get out, but I know a lot of athletes are still there and, you know, um, probably in lockdown now, um, they're not really able to go outside and, you know, it's a bit of a, you know, it's not a great situation to be in, but, you know, there are obviously a lot worse situations at the moment. Uh, you know, this, this virus is killing people and, you know, I'm obviously very lucky to, to be healthy and out and, you know, I think we've got to take into perspective that the triathlon is, is a sport and, you know, it's, it's really enjoyable, but, Know, actually when it comes to, to some things you know there are more important things out there you know your health being one of them um so i'm just happy that i'm healthy and you know i'm back in the uk and actually able to continue doing doing what i like at the moment anyway yeah and uh, the Euro european cup races for listeners that might not be aware they are uh, part of the sprint and olympic uh, distance race series that uh, fall under the uh, itu the international triathlon union banner so uh, uh, that's what uh, james is focusing on and uh, the highest level there being the world triathlon series and uh, i know that that's been your goal for this year to to get a start in one of those wts world triathlon series 
races. Uh, how does this impact? What do you know about the upcoming uh, European and World Cup races that you might have had on your radar to race in? Uh, is it still up in the air? How does this affect your training and racing planning? So I suppose like everyone, um, look, I don't really know. The ITU have said that, um, you know, there's no racing until the end of April. So every race that, you know, I was supposed to be doing is, you know, has basically gone. You know, I had flights to Brazil and uh, you know some other, some other places. Uh, and obviously, you know, I, I can't race them. Um, so, yeah, that is up in the air. Um, I don't really know anyone. No one really knows how long this is going to go on for. Um I've heard, you know, different things on the media, you know, everyone's always been looking at it. Yeah, no one's really sure how long this can go on for. Um, at the moment, um, I think it's probably time to just go back to basics and just just think about, you know, actually what what makes you a good athlete and, you know, what what can you do in this time when it is so unpredictable to, to you know, to make you the best athlete when race season does restart. Because one thing's for sure that the athletes who are the most consistent and manage to, you know, manage to come out the other end of this fit, uh, we'll we'll have a fantastic race season uh, whenever that is because you know at some point race season will restart um, and we're just going to make sure we're ready for that. Yeah, that that is a fantastic summary. I, I sent an email to to the athletes that I coach uh, on Friday and <laughs> said something that was very much the same as what you just said there. What does that mean? To give an example, what does that mean specifically for you? Uh, what if any sort of changes are you making to your training now that with this uncertainty, or uh, can can you describe if your training uh, philosophy sort of changes now uh, to more base training again or or is it uh, yeah just to elaborate on yeah, that yeah so so for me obviously you know i was going into race season um i was getting quite specific with my training you know really thinking about things like uh biking off a swim uh you know doing sessions at threshold you know actually this is the pace i'm trying to race at that kind of stuff and at the moment you know because i'm not racing i think it is it is a good idea to go back into uh, base period certainly the athletes that I coach you know we're gonna have this discussion I haven't managed to speak to them all because this is a well I've, I've managed to speak to them over whatsapp but actually uh to have this conversation face to face you know because it has been so fast moving um I think it's taken a lot of people by surprise but yes I think at the moment the best thing to do would be to go back and do some base training uh really work on you know your your general fitness uh because we don't know what the races are going to be when we come out the other side of this you know if you're targeting in 70.3, perhaps that 70.3 is moved and maybe maybe now you'll you'll want to do an Olympic. Uh, you know, I, I kind of think of this as the analogy of, you know, potentially you had quite a serious injury and, you know, you don't really know when you're going to recover. But when you come out at the other end of it, you know, you're going to want to race again and you're going to want to, to be competitive. So, you know, the best thing at the moment is, you know, think about your general fitness, think about your general health, you know, uh, don't do anything that's going to endanger other people. But, you know, if you can really work on on your base fitness you know try and get some cycling miles in on turbo maybe and you know some some miles in on uh running if you can and you know if you're lucky enough to have access to a pool then you know get get into the meters but um at the moment i don't think anyone can be really specific about that training because they don't know when they're gonna be racing again um but you know we do have that you know we do have that ideal that you know endu- the endurance sport is is something that your your body your body can do uh you know you don't have to have weeks and weeks of uh specific training so potentially you know if race season came down and you know for some reason it started again in a month's time you know you could get ready for that off the back of a good base period whereas if you're just doing very specific stuff uh you know you potentially 
lose some of that some of that energy and some of that aerobic fitness, then you know it is hard. So I think the best thing to do at the moment is you know, keep that aerobic fitness topped up, uh, and then when re-season does restart, you will be able to to make the most of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And in many cases, well, of course, it depends a bit on the person and their background and the race. But uh, three or four weeks of uh, specific training—that is plenty to build, like uh, to to top up your sort of race readiness. But uh, but having that long period of of base training—that is, uh, at the end of the day, that's going to make eighty percent of your performance, or if not more. Uh, so so that makes sense, and I think that's actually a, a common question that uh, that I get is. Well, if you don't know exactly if you're racing, let's say June, uh, beginning of June, so two and a half months from now is going to go ahead, when should you start to perhaps be more specific about training? And I think that in many cases, it might make sense to start to be more specific and move away from this refocus on base building um, later rather than sooner, because that gives you more time to actually get confirmation that the race is actually going to go ahead and it's not going to be postponed that too. And and because of the fact that, as I said, I think that you can do a lot in a fairly limited time when it comes to that higher-end training, if you have that uh, really solid aerobic base. Do you agree with that? I, I, do, yeah, I do agree so. with that. And um, I think, you know, when it comes down to whenever race season does restart, you know, at the moment, you know, one of the lessons you've, you know, a lot of athletes are probably learning is, you know, it's, it's quite mentally hard when, you know, you've been training all winter uh, for, for a race and then suddenly, it, you know, it gets taken away from you. Uh, obviously, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing uh, compared to what, what's going on in the world. But, you know, actually, it is tough. Um, so I think, you know, being realistic, but because we don't know when race season is going to restart, um, is to give yourself the best chance during that base period and not really focus too much and actually you know what what events are going to go ahead and what what aren't um is actually you know if you get a month out and obviously you know this crisis uh calms down and you know races start going ahead again then, then that's great but until that point you know just focus on what you can control you know your aerobic fitness how fit you are and, and don't let yourself get excited about about races that you know are quite potentially going to get cancelled because it is a real you know it's really hard on you um you, you're training hard and actually you know, if that race gets cancelled, it does affect you mentally. And you know, if you're not mentally ready to ready to train properly, then then you're gonna have some real issues training and just keeping that aerobic base up. I think it's time to really understand why you do the sport. You know, hopefully most people do it because they enjoy it and actually make the most of of enjoying it. You know, getting in a solid aerobic base and and just doing doing what you can to ensure you are you are fit whenever race season does restart. So for you, is that the way that you cope with this mentally? That uh, you just sort of tune into the en- pure enjoyment of being out on your bike because i know you can go out on your bike still yes. in the uk and yes. you can go out to run uh, so so that's sort of like the the best mental coping strategy for for you in this situation is that right yeah that's right i mean for me i, I yeah i love riding my bike and i love i love running so at the moment you know i, I come up with a plan and you know I, i've written down that this is what i want to get out of of certain sessions and you know Essentially, it comes down to actually just trying to build up that that engine again. Uh, for me, I was I was ready to race. I was, I was really fit and ready to race. Uh, but actually, you know, you can only control what you can control. Um, and building up the engine, you know, make, making a few mistakes actually made in the winter block uh, better. So, for example, I'm looking at it and going, well, you know, I, I said I wanted to do a lot of stuff regarding running economy and, you know, stuff in the gym. And obviously, you know, access to gym is one of those things that's probably getting limited over the next few weeks. But actually, running economy and run drills and, that kind of stuff you know I said I wanted to do it but I didn't actually do it so maybe 
maybe I go and do it now and make sure that actually I make the block I just did even better, uh, so I can learn from from the block I just did and you know, take take those take those learnings, take the mistakes I made, and actually implement them in this block. Um, in terms of things that you know I said I wanted to do but I didn't. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, going forward, it is it is around enjoyment at the moment, uh, enjoying riding my bike, enjoying running, um, and you know, j- just training to keep to keep myself fit. Um, you know, which is something I do because I I love the sport. And, you know, a lot a lot of a lot of the listeners will be the same. You know, they like competing, but actually they like doing the sport. And so, you know, just just training for you know, training for training at the moment is is not the worst thing in the world. Um, because I know that race season will come at some point. No, definitely not. It's, I think it's a, a way for us to help deal with the bigger stress of everything that's going on. And a lot of people might be in a situation where they, they're not able to work uh, physically at their office, not see their coworkers. And maybe that can be fun yeah. for some time. But if you, you have a family and you're potentially all stuck quarantined at home or your kids aren't allowed to go to school because a lot of countries are closing down schools, then that can be really stressful. And the ability to then take go out for a bike ride and be outdoors, that I think yeah. can be a huge stress relief and uh, and beneficial from just the overall uh, health and mental health perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know, riding your bike, you know, will, will help you in those situations. You know, obviously you are going to get, you know, it's going to be a funny couple of months, isn't it? Um, you know, actually getting out and just doing something you enjoy is, is probably the best thing you can do um, to, to alleviate those problems. You know, just take your mind off it. Um, obviously, everyone's in different circumstances, whether or not they can go outside. But, you know, you've got things like Zwift. Uh, some people have got treadmills. Uh, you know, I'm not sure whether countries are stopping people from running outside. Um, but, you know, you can just do what you can. And, but triathlon should be something that is there for you, for you to enjoy and just, just take take the stress out of the moment, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of Swift, I know that uh, a lot of people, and uh, I'm thinking about this myself, actually, I haven't really made a decision on it, but Swift racing might be a bit of a substitute for races that are cancelled. Is that something that you've been discussing with your athletes and that some of your athletes might be getting into? Yeah, I think so in terms of athletes who, who really want to, to press forward or something, you know, they do want some kind of benchmarking. So whether it's not, it's, well, I want them to do some kind of benchmarking as well, whether or not it's testing, whether or not it's racing, something just to measure performance and measure, you know, how they're improving. Uh, because, you know, obviously when you're training, you you want to improve somehow. Um, and, you know, if you can measure that. But yes, something like Zwift racing, I think, is is on the cards for, uh, for a lot of athletes. Uh, it's a bit of fun. Um, you know, I think... I think uh, it's something that that was worth pursuing uh, for sure, especially if you got you know good good turbos and, and good equipment, and you know you, you actually quite enjoy that kind of virtual racing. Um, I think they're probably having a bit of a boom at the moment. Uh, the other thing we've spoken around is you know time trials. Just you know if you are able to ride outside, you know these things like time trials or maybe you know time trial running, yeah, that kind of stuff. Something to keep yourself motivated, keep yourself racing, and you know just just ensure that you know you are you are progressing. Yeah. And uh, one of the, the big uh, questions that uh, that we need to discuss, of course, is uh, pools that are closing in many countries. Uh, and I, I assume that, that this is happening already for, for a lot of your athletes. Uh, how how are you dealing with that? What's the, the best way to uh, to replace that swimming or what, what can you do in this situation? Yeah, this happens to a lot of the athletes I'm coaching. Um, it seems to have happened all over. Just this, this weekend, everyone's pools seem to have closed. So, uh, well... You know, there's not much you can do around actually 
swimming. You know, one of the magical things about, you know, we talk about quite a lot is feel for the water. And there's, there's not much you can do about that when you're not able to swim. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of my, actually, a lot of the initial reactions from athletes was, well, I can go in a lake. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's eight degrees in that lake. You, you don't really want to be swimming <laughs> in that at the moment. Um, I know some people do, but um, look, you, you can't do anything about it in terms of, you know, if you can't swim, you can't swim. You can do things around bodyweight exercises, just maintain some strength, you know, some upper body strength because of a lot of the things we're going to be doing are our lower body, you know, running and cycling because you are still able to do them. So I think doing a bit of upper body stuff and, you know, some upper body exercises where you can uh, is, is not a bad idea just to make sure that you are uh, keeping some of that, that strength in, you know, some mobility. The kind of stuff you're going to do when you're running and riding is, is not going to be great if you're doing a lot of it and then you want to get back in the pool. So at some point so you know just making sure you're keeping the thoracic mobile your shoulders mobile that kind of stuff you know for when you do get access to pool again in terms of swim specific fitness you know you spoke about it in that the last episode you did you know there is a crossover effect between between sports um so although you might not be able to swim you know you can still maintain your fitness um but doing cycling and running um so actually you know what what I'm going to do with most of my athletes is, you know, look, we, we don't have access to a pool. There's not much we can do about that. You know, some of you are lucky enough to be able to swim open water, you know, if you're allowed to go outside. So, so we'll do that. But actually, you know, it's a great opportunity to work on your cycling and your running. And then when you actually come back to being able to use the pools again, a lot of the athletes in your area will be in the same boat. You know, they wouldn't have been in the pool either. It's actually to do some more focused sw- swimming. So actually work on work on swimming as a block, you know, get that swimming back up to, to a decent level by doing a few more sessions we had done. But that would be compensated by the fact that actually we spent a bit more time on the bike and a bit more time running in, in the intervening uh, months. Um, I don't yeah. know what your situa- your your ideas are, uh, but that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Actually, I was looking through my list of athletes and I'm surprised by how few still uh, have uh, had pool access uh, re- removed from them because most of my athletes still have pool access oh, really? based, based on where they are. I have a couple of athletes in in Brazil. Uh, the ones that I have in, in the United States, they are losing access to the pool. But in Europe, I have uh, athletes in the UK where obviously the pools are still mostly open, yep. I believe. Yep. And uh, and then, yeah, some some other places around Europe that uh, that they are still open, some that they are closed. But basically, more than half of my athletes still have pool access, so that's uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> but for those that don't, I totally agree. Uh, I think my planning is to tend to actually, yeah, we do we will add some running, but mostly we'll add cycling. And I think that uh, that's primarily the, just to make sure that we don't uh, get any running injuries if we increase running volume we will do that much more gradually than we can uh, increase cycling yeah. volume and uh, and also i think that there's some interesting work around how running actually in addition to the musculoskeletal stress that you get from it uh, also the uh, the sympathetic uh, stress that you you get from it the central nervous hmm. uh, system response is uh, much greater than what you get from cycling or swimming so yeah. that's something that I just recently caught on to and uh, but that's something to to consider so so running yes i will increase that but mostly cycling and and i think that they will benefit running as well in the long run by ha- doing a solid uh, solid bike block for most of the athletes. Uh, some of them definitely will do some swift racing, and uh, some of them might prefer to do a lot of outdoors riding, which might be less structured and mm. just fun. And that's totally fine for building that base. 
And uh, yes, as you said, I think that once the pools open up again, doing a swim-focused block, that's probably the way to go to get back some of those uh, losses that you have incurred in your swim. Yeah, I think I just want to pick up on that point. So, you know, uh, increasing run volume and increasing bike volume at the same time, you know, I'm speaking from experience here, uh, you got to be careful. Um, so just because your pool is closed, don't throw in loads of extra run volume this week and loads of extra ride volume at the same time, you know, especially the run volume. But, you know, remember that it's still stressing the legs uh, to be riding. So just be careful about how quickly you progress that. You know, I can see a lot of athletes getting getting injured around, you know, doing doing too much too soon because you're like, well, you know what, I can't swim, so I'm just going to go and run um, or ride and run. And, you know, actually that kind of, it does lead to injuries. Uh, and it's quite one of the big, one of the big problems I see, you know, a big, you know, red flag for me is actually you know, increasing both of those at the same time quite quickly. So yes, I do it over a controlled banner, but um, you know, definitely, definitely be very careful about how quickly you you increase both of them. Um, is you know my advice, and you know it's probably a bit annoying because you're like, well, I can't swim, and actually I want to bring my volume up a bit more, but um, you definitely don't want to to increase them too quickly, else you'll get injured <laughs> as well, and you won't be able to swim, bike, or run. Um, so yeah, just yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, it comes back to what you mentioned there about uh, just keeping up the consistency as best you can. So yeah. not getting injured is uh, rule number one when it comes to being consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. And is there anything else that we haven't covered? I feel that we've covered most. There, there isn't really, there aren't any magic solutions to this. We uh, we can only control what we can control. And mm-hmm. that's what we need to try to do. Um, what about open water swimming for those that have access to something better than an eight degree lake let's yes. say you have a 15 degree lake that is actually swimmable in a wetsuit uh do you think that that's something that is uh, works well for to incorporate regularly and uh, is, is that something that you would prescribe to your athletes for sure i mean if you've got access to that and you're lucky enough to have you know live in one of those countries at the moment they're quite warm um then yeah i mean i'm going to encourage athletes in that situation to, to use the open water now obviously we can't do exactly the same sessions um but we can we can pretty much replicate you know what we're trying to get out of those sessions uh, in the open water you know with some adaptations. Um, so you know if you're lucky enough to have open water but your your pools are closed, um, then yes, I think I think it's a good idea to go to go out open open water swimming. Obviously, obviously be safe, but um, you know actually making the most of that. You know a lot of athletes do get anxiety around that open water swimming aspect. So I think doing a bit more open water swimming is is not is not a bad thing. Um, you know. Hopefully helps control that that anxiety. You know, learn some new skills. You know, if you're living near the sea, then you know, surfing the waves, that kind of thing, or you know, a bit of sighting. You know, actually, a lot of athletes struggle with with basics of that. You know, sighting things, going in the wrong direction. Uh, you know, not going the best, uh, not going the most direct routes of boys. All those things that are very specific to triathlon, but potentially, you know, because you can get higher quality sessions potentially, arguably out of out of a pool, are you know less down the order of things that you know you want to achieve but actually getting getting in some open water swimming getting good at those open water skills now you know is something that you'll have you know well you should have for the rest of your sporting career so i, I don't see that as a bad thing at all you know make the most of it go out and do some open water swimming for sure 
Yeah, and, and another thing that I would add to that is that for some athletes, especially those that aren't uh, as proficient swimmers, I sometimes see like a big discrepancy in the fitness they have in the pool mm. and in uh, compared to what they can actually do in the open water. There is maybe some pacing issues there that it's more difficult to know how hard you can go for, let's say, 1,500 meters in the open water compared to what your fitness actually is. So there might be some underpacing in races and underperforming in races because of that. And I think that, that that's something that uh, some hard work in the open water can help with as well to get a better feel for, for how hard you should go in the open water when you don't have the, uh, the flags and the black line to follow and take as your benchmarks or how fast you're going. Uh, yeah. You just need to be more in tune with, how, with, with the effort that you're putting out. And I think that can be a, a very beneficial thing as well in the open water. Yeah, I mean that—that's where your race is going to be. So you know, you, you need to get good at it if you want to make the most of your 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 sporting career. Uh, you know, do well in triathlon. You know, it's great being a, a pool swimmer. You know, you see it even at elite levels. You know, great pool swimmers. Um, you put them in the open water and they're, they're terrible. <laughs> so you know, making the most of that is definitely not a bad thing. And you know, if you got the access to, to open water, go out and you know practice those skills, practice your pacing, practice your sighting. You know. Practice just just feeling comfortable in a, in open water. Yeah, yeah, that makes makes sense. Uh, one more thing that I thought of that that we can tackle here just briefly. We've discussed this, of course, in a previous episode on base training, but uh, since we mentioned that going back to more of a base training period now might be a good idea, uh, can you just uh, give a quick summary of what that might look like? For example, what does it look like? for you when when you're doing base training is it only long slow distance or how are you incorporating some sort of intensity or quality training into that so you know it, it does kind of depend on on your background you know if you've not got a lot of time in the sport then your base training is going to look slightly different to, to what i do um but yeah generally when it comes to base training you know i take out the the threshold reps and i actually go back and i look at you know trying to get the volume in as as a priority really trying to get some low aerobic volume in. They're trying to build up that, that fitness, really, that aerobic fitness uh, without doing anything too specific. Uh, so, you know, the benefits of that are obviously building aerobic aerobic fitness, but also, you know, a bit of muscular endurance, um, you know, your ability to, to sim, you know, uh, to use fats for training, you know, all the energy and metabolism things that you get out of, of those long endurance reps, but also, you know, just, just making you a generally fitter athlete. No, for me, I will incorporate some intensity where you, you probably, you know, some some people will deem it intensity, you know, it'll be around that kind of tempo, you know, first threshold kind of kind of efforts, you know, I'll, I'll incorporate a bit of that because actually I think that's very important when you do come back to race season that your those, those tempo efforts you know, are there and actually doing that first threshold stuff will, will increase your aerobic fitness quite quickly. Um, I'll also include a bit of fartlek stuff, so things, you know, around... Around to be fair, around threshold when when you're running, uh, but very up, very above it, and very below it. Just trying to try maintain that that basic fitness, trying to get myself ready for it. Actually, I need to do some specific work, you know, around threshold. Um, that definitely comes into it. Around the swimming, you know, I think it's important to to maintain some intensity in the swimming if you've got access, you know, obviously if you're access to a pool, because unlike the other events, you know, we are generally a bit a bit more above uh above threshold there. You know, the technical aspect is more important. Um, so actually the ability to swim hard um, with good technique is is something that you need to be able to do um, so we'll incorporate a bit more intensity there but generally yes you're looking at, at high volume but, but lower intensity um, in general but you know 
tweak it for each athlete and you know what your strengths are and actually you know what event you're going to be doing you know if you're doing a sprint distance your training should look very different to uh doing an ironman uh obviously at this time of year it probably looks less different than if you're doing specific stuff but but it should look different yeah 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 well just one one thing that i i would uh add to that is that for some athletes for example if they were building up to a race that is going to happen in the very near future like one to two weeks from now i have a couple of cases like that and uh, the races were cancelled so they've now the last few weeks done quite a high training load in mm-hmm. terms of volume and intensity in the last few weeks of preparation and i want to make sure that well we sort of stabilize them now that they're not racing and get them to a a state of being more more in the green so to say than than in the yellow that they were in that that last build phase so so what i do now is to temporarily for a couple of weeks maybe reduce all intensity on the or remove all intensity on the bike and the run for a couple of weeks and then gradually introduce the tempo stuff just as you mentioned but uh, what i will probably retain uh, every single week at least some of is a little bit of leg speed so like strides on the run and maybe some high cadence work on the bike and that sort of thing just because that neuromuscular aspect i think is something that is uh, is very important so so even if you are somebody who might be newer and you might uh benefit from actually doing almost only uh, long slow distance then that's something that i would still incorporate every week at least once but maybe even more so than once some sort of uh, neuromuscular and leg speed uh, leg speed exercises yeah yeah for sure i mean that, that's very important obviously you know at some point like like we keep saying you are going to be back racing again i think it is important at the moment to you know kind of kind of switch that mentality to actually you know, we're trying to get that consistent training in again. It's obviously going to be hard for some athletes who are about to race, but, you know, it is a switch of mentality. Actually, doing a bit of aerobic volume without too much intensity, you know, if you're not racing for a couple of months, is is not going to hurt you at all. And just making sure that you are in that green zone and, you know, not at risk of injury, not at risk of burnout um, is very important. You know, generally, if we were in this position, uh, you know, coming off a normal season, you'd probably have taken a couple of weeks rest uh, before you come into a base period like this, um, just because of the way the seasons work. Um, so I think it's important to remember, you know, the other thing we don't want to get is burnout. You know, I'm a bit concerned that you look at the season and at the end of the season, I know myself in particular, you know, at the end of the season, I'm shattered. I, you know, I, I want that rest. Uh, and one of the things we don't want to do is, is to train really hard and get to whenever races actually restart and then, a couple of weeks later being like you know what i'm done um i want to take my, my rest period so i think it's important we avoid that that burnout as well uh just to ensure that you know when the season does restart we, we can make the most of it yeah definitely it's better to err a bit on the side of being 90 percent fit rather than 101 percent fit and uh, then as soon as you get the green light so the season is restarting again then then you have that motivation and you can still make the most of your fitness that that you have one more question on the base training aspect when uh, we talk about this uh, easy aerobic training uh, do you think there is a lower limit for how easy that aerobic training should be and this might be very different uh, when we compare the different disciplines so what are your thoughts on that uh is there a lower different lower limit to how you know how easy it should be um it kind of depends on on the aim of a session uh for some sessions you know if it's a a long steady run then then no if if the aim of a session is to get in the aerobic fitness, you know, some time at, you know, just, just moving, trying to get the heart rate up, trying to get, you know, you, you actually physically, your heart beating, your, your blood pumping around your body, then, 
and not particularly obviously you know if you're if you're if you're going too slow you won't get as many adaptations as you as you would you know i'm talking you know you're walking basically um you know, it also depends on your training volume. If you're doing a high amount of, of volume, uh, because you know you're lucky enough to, to be able to do that, then doing sessions too hard, you know, if you're doing that kind of in, a volume, will will mean that you know you're not able to complete the block. Um, I think that you know a lot of athletes, obviously, you know, doing around eight to ten hours a week. You know, some are doing quite a lot, of doing up to fourteen. But uh, you know, age group athletes, you know, they've got things going on in their lives uh, outside, you know, like work. Then. You know, maybe potentially even going into that that tempo zone is not a bad thing on their aerobic uh, sessions, just because you'll be able to recover. You know, the volume doing is not massively high. You'll be able to keep that consistency in. But it really comes down to actually, are you able to do the training consistently, and are you able to get out of the sessions what what you're trying to what you're trying to achieve? You know, if you're going into into a session that you know was, for example, a high intensity session, and you were too tired to, to do it because you've done your aerobic stuff too hard then obviously that defeats the purpose of doing both those sessions. You know, you should have gone easier on the aerobic stuff so you could do the, the hard stuff hard. Um, but then if you feel like, you know, you aren't really challenged and actually, you know, you're finishing these sessions, you know, week after week after week, you know, very, very um, not not tired, very, very um, not fatigued, then um, you are probably training a bit too easy and you could probably do a bit more volume or you probably train a bit harder. But, definitely looking at the aim of, of each session and for each for a, different athletes the aims of those sessions will be different depending on who's coaching you know what what kind of path you're going down but you know you should be able to train consistently is is how i'd measure that yeah yeah exactly that's something we also talked about in that base training episode about if you can repeat this a similar sort of week week in week out basically then uh that's that's a good sign that uh well at least you're not going too hard but uh, as you said maybe you're going too easy if, if you're doing that without ever breaking a sweat of course but uh, I, yeah, I, that, that, that's generally not the problem i no. i think but but yeah having that ability to repeat the same sort of week week in week out i think that's a, a really good litmus test for for whether you're controlling yourself enough it's definitely better to go too easy than too hard if you go too hard you put yourself in a hole you potentially get injured if you go too easy then you missed out on that that five percent of fitness uh, but at the end of the day you can still compete in that race when it comes to it uh, you're not putting yourself on the back foot and that training you've done still counts uh, whereas you know if you've gone too hard you know whole you have to completely back off um so too, e- too easy is definitely better than too hard in my opinion yeah. yeah all right i think that's that's mostly it from from my side do you have anything else you want to add on this uh no i just say you know everyone around the world is pretty much in in a similar boat here uh, everyone's had races cancelled um you know doesn't really don't really know when their season's going to restart um so so just keep positive and you know go back to the basics enjoy your training uh, and then when re-season does restart it'll be those athletes who who are consistent who, who will be you know the best um so enjoy your training and look forward to race season restarting whenever it does yeah totally agree and uh be safe folks uh take the guidelines that you get from your local authorities uh, seriously they do the best they can to to make sure that this thing uh stays somewhat under control so uh, that's it thank you james we'll just thank our sponsors precision hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com and you can get 15 percent off their electrolyte products with the promo code that's triathlon show one five 
And a thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com forward slash TTS. And that landing page will give you a 20% discount code that you can apply to your order, which can be any combination of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, and high-performance eyewear on the Roka website. So uh, that's it. And uh, we'll have another interview on Monday and then a Q&A the following Thursday. And uh, let's uh, hope that uh, this thing blows over sooner rather than later. But if not, control the controllables and uh, stay positive and enjoy your training, folks.